0: Hi, this is Caroline Gonzalez Vega from the University of Illinois, and this is a study that we conducted about the site of absorption of calcium from the intestinal tract of growing pigs. This is the outline of the presentation. First, I would like to start with a short introduction about the place that calcium is absorbed, and also some factors that influence calcium digestibility. Then I will mention the objectives of this study, the materials and methods that we use, the results and the discussion, and finally some conclusions. It has been reported that most of the calcium is absorbed in the small intestine of the pigs. However, there is not clear data about if calcium is absorbed either in the stomach or in the large intestine as well. It's important to know where calcium is absorbed in order to know what type of collection we should use for calcium digestibility studies. So we can know if we can use duodenal, ileal, or total tract collections. Also, there is not available data about the amount of endogenous calcium that is lost in the different parts of the gastrointestinal tract. These are some factors that we should consider for calcium digestibility studies because these are factors that can influence calcium digestibility. For calcium level, it has been reported that increasing the level of calcium in the diet using calcium carbonate as source of calcium does not affect the apparent digestibility of calcium but reduces the digestibility of phosphorus. However, there is no data about what effect has the level of calcium in calcium and phosphorus digestibility when an organic source is used. Another factor that we should consider is phytate. Phytate is a molecule that can bind calcium, therefore reduces the digestibility of calcium. And we want to know if phytate has the same effect on organic source of calcium and inorganic source of calcium. Therefore, the objectives of this experiment are to determine digestibility of calcium in calcium carbonate as inorganic calcium source, and Vistacal as organic calcium source. And we want to know the effect that has the level of calcium and the level of phytate in the digestibility of calcium in these two sources. Also, the other objective is to determine the site in the gastrointestinal tract where calcium is absorbed. So for this experiment, we used two sources of calcium. Calcium carbonate, which was mined in Iowa and contains almost 39% of calcium. And the other source was Vistacal, which was produced from lithotanium calcarium algae in Ireland and contains almost 33% of calcium. We formulate nine diets, one diet was the calcium-free diet, and the other eight diets were formulated using one of the two sources of calcium, calcium carbonate or Vistacal. And we had two levels of calcium, 0.4 and 0.8. The reason that we use these two levels of calcium is because we want it to be lower and higher than the requirement which is 0.6% of calcium. And we use two levels of phytate, 0 and 1%. This is the composition of the calcium-free diet. Here, the sources of protein are corn gluten meal and potato protein. The reason that we use these two sources of protein is because these protein sources are relatively low in calcium concentration so we can add protein without adding calcium into the diet. Also we use solcafloc as source of fiber and monosodium phosphate as source of phosphorus because monosodium phosphate does not contain calcium. We use chromic oxide as indigestible marker. So for the other diets, for the calcium carbonate diet, we include either 1 or 2% to get 0.4 or 0.8 percent of calcium in the diet, and we add this amount of calcium carbonate at the expense of cornstarch. We did the same with Vistacal with 1.25 or 2.52 percent, and for phytate, we add 2 percent of phytate to get 1 percent of phytate in the diets, because we use a 50 percent solution and this is a synthetic and pure form of phytate. We used nine growing pigs with initial body weight 23.8 kilograms, and the pigs were surgically equipped two thick cannulas: one in the duodenum and the other in the ileum. The duodenal cannula was placed 10 centimeters after the pancreatic duct, and the ileal cannula was placed at the end of the ileum and also we collect fecal samples. So, collecting duodenal ileal and fecal samples, uh, we were able to calculate duodenal ileal and total tract digestibilities. The pigs were fed twice per day, and they had an adaptation period for the first four days, and the fecal samples were collected on days five and six. The ileal samples were collected in days 7 and 8, and duodenal samples were collected in days 9 and 10. This is the experimental design. It was a 2 by 2 by 2 by 3 factorial, with two calcium sources, two calcium levels, two phytate levels, and three collection sites. We analyzed the data using mixed procedure of SAS, and because the phytate level was not significant, then we removed it from the model, and we analyzed the data as a 2 by 2 by 3 factorial with fixed effects, calcium source, calcium level, collection site, and all possible interactions. And the random effect was period. Now let's move to the results. These are the endogenous losses of calcium. For the duodenal endogenous losses of calcium, we determined that was 1.03 grams per kilogram dry matter intake. This is likely due to the endogenous calcium secretion from saliva, gastric juice, bile, and pancreatic juice. In the ileal endogenous losses of calcium, we determined 0.42 grams per kilogram dry matter intake, and it was less than the duodenal endogenous loss. Therefore, we suggest that some of the calcium that is endogenous secreted is reabsorbed in the small intestine. And for the fecal endogenous losses of calcium, we determined 0.67 grams per kilogram dry matter intake. And this was greater than the ileal endogenous losses of calcium, but less than the duodenal endogenous losses of calcium. This is the standardized digestibility of calcium, and we got a significant interaction between calcium source and calcium level. But first let me set up the slide. In the y-axis we have the average of the standardized duodenal, ileal, and total tract digestibility of calcium. And in the x-axis we have the level of calcium, 0.4 and 0.8%. And the orange line represents calcium carbonate, and the blue line represents Vistacal. So as you can see here, at 0.4% of calcium in the diet, the digestibility of calcium was greater in calcium carbonate than in Vistacal. And it was the same when we increased the level of calcium to 0.8%, where calcium carbonate is still greater than Vistacal. As you can see, when calcium carbonate was used, increasing the level of calcium did not affect the digestibility of calcium. However, when Vistacal was used, increasing the amount of calcium in the diet negatively affect the digestibility of calcium. This was another significant interaction between calcium source and site of absorption. For duodenal digestibility, the digestibility of calcium was greater when calcium carbonate was used compared to vistacal. And it was the same for ileal and total tract digestibility of calcium. So, as you can see, for calcium carbonate, there was not a difference among collection sites. This suggests that most of the calcium from calcium carbonate was absorbed before the duodenal cannula. This suggests that calcium could be absorbed in the stomach or upper duodenum or both. For Bistacal, the ileal digestibility of calcium was greater than the duodenal digestibility of calcium, suggesting that there was an absorption in the small intestine. However, between ileal and total tract digestibility of calcium there was not a difference, suggesting that there was not an absorption Of calcium in the large intestine, and this was the same case for calcium carbonate. So, because there is not a difference between ileal and total tract digestibility of calcium, this suggests that we can use either ileal or total tract collections for calcium digestibility studies. But for practical reasons, we recommend to use total tract collections. So, in conclusion, Duodenal endogenous losses of calcium are greater than ileal and total tract endogenous losses of calcium. Phytate did not have an effect on calcium digestibility, and this is likely because we use a synthetic form of phytate, so we believe that maybe there are some differences in the properties between a synthetic phytate and a phytate that is naturally present in the plants. The effect of calcium level depends on the calcium source. So if calcium carbonate was used, the calcium level did not affect the calcium digestibility. But if bistacal was used, then the calcium level decreased the calcium digestibility. And also the site of absorption depends on the calcium source. So when calcium carbonate was used, most of the calcium was absorbed in the stomach and upper duodenum, and for Vistacal, some calcium was able to be absorbed in the jejunum or ileum. With this, I want to thank you for your attention. For more information about this and other topics about monogastric nutrition, you can visit our website, nutrition.nsci.illinois.edu. Thank you once again.